0: Thank <laughs> you.
2: Elswick show and I am Robert Simbuck filling in for Dave all this week and Monday, as you likely know at this point, having heard my voice drone on to you. Folks, we've been talking about topics of the day all week. We're going to do so today. We're going to do so Monday. Listen in, of course, as well tonight, between six and seven PM for the continuation of the Dave Ellswick Show that I'll be hosting. And I want to get right into it. There's so much going on right now. Really, society is at a turning point, I believe. And, of course, that's why this upcoming election is so critical. I know you hear it every election. This is the most important election of your lifetime. I'm not even going to say that about this election, as I said yesterday. But I will say about this election, it's in the top three. Uh, Because I think we can come to that level of precision. Ronald Reagan's second election was not the most critical election, in part because everybody knew Ronald Reagan was going to win. We were on a steady course. We were doing well as a country. I'm not saying there weren't problems. There were. There are. There always will be. But that was not one of the most important elections in your lifetime. And everybody knew it at that time as well. Indeed, it's comfortable, excuse me, to be in such an environment where, you know, the country is on a good, steady, proper course. And we just need to be good citizens and go out and vote and continue the country on that good, steady, proper course. That is not the case here in the sense that the country under the direction of President Trump is on the right course. But there is a significant amount of tumult and disagreement, and there is a significant chance. Well, let me phrase it slightly different. The the outcome of the presidential election is not guaranteed. We don't. There are people who speak with confidence. I'm sure President Trump's going to win. I'm sure Joe Biden's going to win. Okay, and whoever wins, of course, the, those supporters they say, "See, I was right." But. The polls are close, folks, so you need to get out there and vote. Now, in Arkansas, President Trump will win Arkansas, but we've got other elections that are important. We've got the election, of course, of our great congressman, French Hill, for example. There are a number of state elections that are of critical importance. So it really is important to get out and vote, and when I, put, when I say get out, I put that in quotes because you can vote absentee. I'm going to be voting absentee, as it turns out. So whatever method you choose, this is not absentee voting is not this mass mailing method that the president and others have aptly spoken out against. Oh, well, you're against you're against having people vote. Well, you're trying to suppress the vote is what they say, which, of course, is sheer nonsense what we're against is voter fraud. Oh, well, there are, not, there are no evidence of voter fraud. False. False, there is evidence of voter fraud. Well, well what I meant by that is there's no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Oh, so, so a couple of responses. So our, we've got to wait till we elect a person or put in office a person who actually wasn't elected before we start. Clamping down on voter fraud is that is that the argument? That can't be the argument. That can't be right. And secondly, the thing about fraud is it's hard to detect. Fraud is when a crime is committed but not openly, right? A, a robbery on a street corner is not a uh, a secret crime. Embez- embezzlement is a secret crime. So embezzlement, I can't get that word out well, can I? Embezzlement is a crime that is harder to detect. Same with fraud, same with voter fraud. So when people say, well, there's only been this number of cases. No, no. There's only been that number of arrests and convictions, maybe. Not that number of cases. I guarantee it. Because whenever a crime involves fraud, there are acts of that crime that we're unaware of. It's that simple. So yes, we should be Vigilant about voter fraud. It's remarkable to me how the Democrats are not concerned about voter fraud. Oh, well, that's not a problem. Oh, uh, if the if the Russians buy some Facebook ads, that's not a problem. But voter fraud, that's not a problem. Really, really, that's what's remarkable. And the irony about the Russian interference claims is that part of them were reflective of of like I said, buying ads on Facebook. Now, I don't want any foreign government buying ads for our local election, but that ad could have been bought by an American. So that purchase, if it was done by an American, would that be an interference in the way the, the, the Russian interference is interference, according to the Democrats? Think about that question for a moment. So that's my <clears throat> now regular pitch to make sure you vote and you do your civic duty. Now, the truth is, I am speaking to the choir, as they say, in the sense that Dave's listeners are a committed bunch of good Americans. Some people say I should be committed, that's a little bit different. In any event, folks, talk to your friends particularly if you know people out of state in swing states. As I've mentioned before, I was adamant with my sister who lives in Florida that she needed to vote in the last presidential election. And she did. Now, to be fair to her, she may have done exactly what she did, which was wait online for three hours to vote for President Trump. She may have done that without my encouragement slash insistence. But I like to believe that I had some input. Makes me feel good. So if you know anybody in a swing state, reach out to them. A friend of mine told me about a friend of his who was not a Trump supporter in the last election. And he said he's voting for Trump this time. Why? Why? It's really interesting. Because he realizes that we really are at a crossroads. Now, the Democrats say the same thing. Here's the interesting thing about it. Both conservatives and the left agree that this country can go one way or the other as a consequence of this upcoming election. And it's really important now, and this is why I said at the beginning of this segment, in the beginning of the show, that this is one of the most important uh, top three elections that in, in our lifetimes. Because The direction of this country could not be more the the alteration of the direction of this country could not be more important and could not be more critically decided by this election. President Trump will keep this country moving in a conservative direction. And we're going to talk shortly about some of those aspects. Or we can go to the Biden administration, which is really, by the way, Biden in name only. Biden historically has been, I think it's fair to say, one could debate this point, somewhat of a moderate leftist, but not now. Now, of course, he's he's barely in control of his faculties, and he's largely being controlled by others. But this country will, will move sharply, sharply to the left if Biden gets elected, far more to the left than it moved under Obama. And by the way, folks. This country moved quite significantly to the left under, uh, under Obama, but under the radar as well. Uh, no longer do the leftists want to even do it under the radar. And by doing it under the radar, that slowed down the leftist movement. Now that they're no longer shy about moving this country towards a socialist model, it will happen more rap- much more rapidly. And that's really the danger. And even four years of that terrible direction will will be a crushing blow on our society, both from a cultural standpoint and an economic standpoint and a growth standpoint. I guess that's related to economics. But in every respect that I can conceive of, it will be crushing. And if we then win back the White House, it will be a long slog to get out of that hole. I guarantee it. So let's move on, as we always do, to the actual news of the day and really just a wonderful development in the law and in culture and society. So I'm going to read to you from an article, and then, as I always do, comment thereon, and we'll have this discussion, so to speak. Uh, You're welcome to call in, but as you know, we have these discussions sort of one-sided. Feel free to scream back at the radio, either your agreement or disagreement. I can hear you, sort of. Uh, Although, before I get started with this article, Heidi, it's perhaps about the time that we should take a break. Am I right about that?
1: I would say so. Let's take a break. Let's do it. All right, we will be right back on the Dave Ellswick Show. Robert Steinbach is filling in for Dave Ellswick as Dave is on vacation. Robert is a professor, a law professor, I should say, at the Bowen School of Law at U.A. Little Rock. His opinions are his and his alone and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the school in question, U.A. Little Rock. We'll be right back after traffic and news and other ways to paying the bill. We have... This is 101.1 FM, The Answer. Let's get to it.
0: This is the show. I am
2: Robert Steinbach filling in for Dave all of this week and this coming Monday. Please stay tuned. It is 621 in the morning on Friday, the last day of the work week. Incidentally, folks, uh, I always try to do a little what we call cultural competency. Now, to the left, that means indoctrination. That means telling you that You have to believe in a certain leftist philosophy, and we're going to speak a lot about that today, in fact. But to me, the true meaning of that term is simply to expose people to different cultures, and that's always enjoyable to me. That's one of the reasons that people like to travel around the world, and I haven't done a ton of travel around the world, but I've done a little bit, and it's interesting and exciting to just be exposed to different cultures and different foods. Food is part of culture, by the way. They're they're not... Uh, um, two separate topics. They are related, in fact. In any event, little cultural competency education, so to speak. Uh, tonight begins the Jewish holiday of the Jewish New Year, and so we start that uh, tonight, and then in a week from now, we'll have the Jewish holiday of the Day of Atonement. We atone for our sins, and that is a fast day in which uh, observant Jews fast for roughly 25 hours. It's, you're supposed to fast for a day, but the way we measure a day is from um, sundown to sunset or something like that, meaning another hour gets buried in there just to put a little bit more of, a, of the mustard on that hot dog, so to speak. Uh, and so that's always a challenge, uh, and I participate in that activity, if we can call that an activity. So, a little bit of education for you to to supplant our Judeo-Christian culture. Supplant is not the right word. To supplement, I meant. Supplant means to replace, to supplement. In any event, so we turn back to topics of the day, although that is a topic of the day, and I want to read to you from an article which is just classic. The left, as you know, is in this movement. We are in the middle of a movement, and we can observe it. We know what's going on. Sometimes you can't see a movement until it has happened, but we are in the middle of this neo-Marxist movement where the left views everything from the position of race, and one must bow down to the false gods of Racial supremacy, by that I don't mean white supremacy, I mean that race is the most important, the most salient issue of all issues of the day. It's not. It's not. And that you must, in order to claim that you're not a racist, you must claim to be a racist. Think about the perversity of this, by the way. In other words, if you say, I'm not a racist, they say, aha! That is proof you're a racist. You're a white supremacist. If you say I'm not a racist, because according to the left, everyone is a racist. Well, everyone who's not a a chosen minority group, a member of a chosen minority group is a racist inherently because of this notion of implicit bias. That means you might say you're not a racist. You might believe you're not a racist. But if we test you, you're a racist. By the way, I took the less implicit bias test on the Harvard University website. I took it twice. They have it for different groups. I took, are you a racist relative to whites versus blacks? I took it twice. Guess what? It showed a bias. Oh, my goodness. It showed a pro-black bias. Slightly so. So, I'm not sure the left would call that a racist, but it showed a bias. Pro-black! Pro-black bias. This is their test, not my test. You can't cheat on their test, otherwise it's not a test. And it showed a pro-black bias. So it shows how nonsensical these claims of the left are. So if you say you're not a racist, then that's evidence that you're a racist. And the reverse is required by this leftist, neo-Marxist ideology. You must self-flagellate. You must bow down to the false gods of the supremacy of racial issues above all else and say, I am a racist. That's what you must say. I don't say it because I'm not a racist. And I recognize, folks, I'm not a racist. Much like I have no doubt that virtually all of Dave's listeners are not racists and recognize they're not racists. Because it's not something difficult to see. It's not challenging. And so, what has been going on across the country, in academia and elsewhere, is the left has said, you must declare yourself to be a racist. Only then can you not be a racist. Right? You must declare yourself to be sinful of race race bias. And only then can you cleanse yourself. How communistic does this sound, right? This is, was the, We knew the communists you had to declare yourself to be an enemy of the state, and then you could go to a re-education camp, and then you would be welcomed back to, back into society, Of course if they didn't kill you in the re-education camp. She must And we see this across the country in academia. I know it's taking place in Arkansas. There are academics, deans, etc., in Arkansas who have declared themselves to be racist. I, when I heard this, I asked the question, why are these people in positions of authority? Why are we using taxpayer dollars to pay for people who have declared themselves racists? I pose that question to you. I pose that question to the governor and state legislators. Why are we funding racists? Admitted racists. That's a real good question. I think it's something we should look into. Well, the same thing happened in Princeton University. It's one of the Ivy League schools, as you likely know. Let me read from this article, and then we'll discuss, as we always do, points contained therein. It starts, the Department of Education has informed Princeton University that it is under investigation following the school president's declaration that racism was, quote, embedded, and quote, in the institution. Remember the terminology and the notions adopted by the left. That is, that racism is institutional. It is systemic. By the way, it's not, the word is not systematic, as you'll often hear some people say, because when they parrot these nonsensical notions, they don't even use the right words. Systemic, built into this. We've had institutional and systemic racism. Sure, slavery is one example. Jim Crow laws after the abolition of slavery is another example. But if you believe that today in America, we live under the oppression of institutional and or systemic racism, you are living a delusion. It is not true. And as we always say, of course there are racists out there. Of course there are. You will never eliminate that. You will never eliminate that until we live in the kingdom of God. You will never eliminate that because you will never eliminate badness. You will never eliminate all bad people. But to say that we live in a nation of institutional Slash systemic racism is nonsensical.
1: All right, Robert, let's stop right there. Let's pick up that thought. After the break, we got to get to news. This is 101.1 FM, The Answer.
2: I am Robert Stomach filling in for Dave all this week. And don't forget, this coming Monday as well. It's 635 in the morning. The sun is starting to come up. It's going to be a nice day. I guarantee it. And, And if I and if it turns out not to be, try to cash in. Folks, We're reading about this article, or we're reading this article about how the Department of Education is suing Princeton University because Princeton University is bound down to the false god that you must claim you're a racist. So sure enough, to trip over themselves in their progressive adoration of their neo-Marxist philosophy, the president of Princeton declared that racism is embedded, embedded in Princeton University. Wait, what? Wait, what? Because remember, we live in this oxymoronic world where the only way you cannot be a racist is by declaring that you are, in fact, a racist. Huh? Yep, that's it. And so he declares, the president of Princeton University, that is, that racism is embedded in the institution all along, historically, having received federal funding, remember, these private schools get a lot of federal funding through student loans and many other programs, grants, etc. The taxpayers of America pay for these schools in good measure. To, to be clear, they have private money as well.
1: Robert, Chris is on the line. Yes.
0: Oh, terrific. We have on the line with good us Corbett. How are you, brother? I'm doing good. Well, Chris,
2: we're talking about this topsy-turvy world in which we live, in which the only way, according to the left, you can be against racism is if you declare you're a racist. Wait, what? Wait, what? (laughs) So here's the thing, Chris. I'm not a racist, and I declare I'm not a racist. So I think the the brains of the leftists are exploding because those are two discordant ideas to them. So tell me, Chris, are you a racist?
0: Yeah. Well, um, they like to make up for uh, absolutely not. No racism here. Get that out and, um, there right there first. Absolutely not. Yeah, get it out. <laughs> get it out there. Yeah. No. And then they like to create their own definitions. They like to mess with the American language and um, create their own yes, truths. Truth. And when they create their own truths, Rob, you can't argue with them. Wait, wait, Chris. Wait, you can't have – I don't understand. You don't believe in my
2: truth? My truth? What <laughs> it is was, it was my truth? My truth is that I'll have a vanilla latte, and, and it should have chocolate in it. Wait, what? No, no. A vanilla latte has vanilla in it, and a chocolate
0: latte or a mocha latte – has cho- no, not in my truth, baby. My truth. That's a fantastic analogy. Well, Chris, I
2: thought in, in, in the leftist world that we live in, my truth mm-hmm. is the real truth. That's not. Um, did I get it wrong? No? Huh? What? <laughs> if you I'm say
0: confused. it's vanilla, it's vanilla. If you say it's chocolate, it's chocolate. How am I going to argue with you when you take a stance like that, right? And then you blur, say, you blur the lines, you blur the, you make it all this weird gray and I don't even know what color it. Well, I don't even know what color it is now.
2: Can I say that I'm Miss America?
0: Uh, you know, in I'm, this day and age, yes. Yeah.
2: Okay, okay. Well, I just started to read to Dave's audience this article about how at Princeton, as part of this leftist ideology the president of the university um, has tripped over himself because what he's done is he's uh, the uh, declared that he is a racist by, and here's how he's done it. He said, well, what's embedded in Princeton university is racism. You know, it's all part of this false notion, right? Right of implicit yeah. racism. That is, if oh, you my. say you're not a racist, then you are a racist. And so the Department of Education said, oh, wait a second, we've been funding Princeton forever with public money. And to do so, you had to declare that you complied with the civil rights laws, which is that right. is you're not racist. So you've now declared that A, you lied to the government, for decades upon decades. And B, that you are not in compliance with the law that allows for federal funding. So give me my money.
0: Oh, wow. my money.
2: Mm-hmm. So let me read from the article and then you and I will discuss this for Dave's audience. Yeah. The article goes on to say, President Christopher... Eisgruber, I I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, Christopher Eisgruber, published an open letter earlier this month claiming that, quote, racism and the damage it does to people of color persist at Princeton and that, quote, racist assumptions, end quote, are, quote, embedded in structures of the university itself, end quote. Let's unpack that wonderfully perverse series of comments. Racism and the damage it does, does, not did, does to people of color persist at Princeton. All of that, Chris, as you will well recognize, is in the present tense. It says that currently Princeton University is racist. That's what it says. Notwithstanding that I have no doubt that they have race-based admissions going on at Princeton, but according to them... According to their own admission, they
0: are currently
2: racist. Well, if they're currently racist, why are we funding them, Chris?
0: What's your thought on That's that? A fan. That's a fan. Well they gotta suspend the funding immediately. Boom. Right. There's no they don't have to they don't have to file a civil rights lawsuit against them. They've already admitted it, right? Right. That's a b- brilliant conclusion. Stop stop sending yeah. the money today. Today. Immediately. But-
2: As I mentioned on the air just prior to your coming on, this goes on across the country, including here in Arkansas. I know for a fact there are professors and deans within uh, Arkansas who have declared themselves to be racist. Why are we paying for that? Why is the Arkansas taxpayer paying for professors and or deans, or at least I know of one, to be clear, dean? uh, uh, So I don't know if it's multiple, uh, but I have no doubt that it is, by the way. Why are we funding those racists. By the way, yeah, this, not, this, my yeah. not, not my terminology. Not my terminology. What are your thoughts on that, Chris?
0: So, so let me. So, okay, so let me split hairs on you. So this dean is he saying he's racist, or that the institution yeah. has some systemic racism in it? How can a system That's, be racist without the person making a choice based on color? Oh my gosh, yet again, you have inadvertently
2: stumbled on some brilliance. Of course, I'm joking when I say inadvertently because you're you're a very bright guy. I
0: love it, I love it. You
2: you are so insightful with that comment, twofold. First of all, yes, my understanding is this dean said, I am a racist. Oh my. And that's the second sentence in the paragraph that I just read to Dave's audience. And I'll read it again. Racist assumptions are embedded in structures of the university itself. What does that even mean? Does it mean the girders are racist? Right? Does it, is it the sheetrock? Is it the electrical wire? What is, it, how does it, <laughs> is, it, is it a structure? is racist. I've never walked up to a building and, and had that building say to me, you can't come in the building. Now, there may be a sign out front of the building, but that sign is reflective of individuals, not the structure. So, I think what the left tends to mean by that nonsensical notion is things like what I mentioned earlier—that uh, is slavery, yeah. Jim Crow laws. Those are what I think you could argue is structural racism. That the laws, <laughs> no. right, the, right
1: the right laws on, distinguish,
2: Rob. right? But does yeah. Princeton or any university in this country have rules that treat? Minorities in a negative way? Nonsense. In fact, I can tell you it's the opposite. That minorities are because we have race based admissions across this country. Am I allowed to say that, Chris? Because that's a fact. That's not my truth. That's a fact. That's not Chris no, Corbett's truth. You're right. Right? Yeah. That's a fact. We have race based admissions. And by that, let's let's define our terms. Because defining terms are critical, particularly in this leftist ideology world that we find ourselves particularly in academia where words have no natural meaning they have meaning only as provided by uh, the my truth advocates that is oh well this word means that well that's not what the word means well now it does right so what do i mean by race-based admissions i mean that if you are a member of a select minority group you are given a significant advantage in the in the admissions process. Does that mean automatically you get it? No, 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 no. But does it mean right. that you are giving a huge leg up, an overwhelming advantage if you are a member of a select minority group? Absolutely, it does. I've seen the data that support it. There's no question about it. So yes. that's. That's the only embedded racism that I've seen. That's the only structural racism that I've seen. Again, much like I came out slightly in favor of blacks in the implicit bias test, the only racism that I've seen in higher education is significant advantage, advantages in the admissions program. Also, also in the hiring uh, process uh, uh, select minority groups are given a significant advantage in the hiring process. I've seen it directly. So I know it's the case.
0: So yeah, this you is, this a- a- is, ask, go ahead, Chris, please. Yeah, this is wild, Rob. What, what's this guy's long-term goal here? Is he, is he rooting out some racism that he's been hiding? Has he been deceiving? Uh, one of the top universities has been deceiving the country for years, decades. What, what's his goal here? It's a wonderful question, and,
2: and, and I don't know the answer, although mm-hmm. I think I do know the answer. I think the answer to that very insightful question that you posed, by the way, folks, Chris Corbett, he's an attorney here in the central Arkansas area, in Little Rock, in Conway, and elsewhere. Uh, look on the roads and online for the new Chris Corbett mobile law office. I mean that literally. Uh, you, uh, you can't do. miss it. If that thing drives by you, you cannot miss it. <laughs> and Chris Clark, of course, is also an engineer and a professional engineer. Those are two separate te- um, qualifications. Uh, and he's one of very few professional engineers in the state and population-wise in the country. It is a very high honor and distinct uh, uh, privilege to get that descriptor and you have to take a very difficult test to get it anyway enough singing the praises uh, of chris corbett for the moment (laughs) chris uh, as i've mentioned before and i'll mention again by the way uh, i'm hopeful that you will in fact run for state senate come 2022 i know you are seriously considering it and so i just mentioned it to the audience that chris corbett uh, might be your next state senator from the conway area in any event Let's read on from this article. You know According what, Robert? Ele- let's uh, let's
1: take yes. a break. I think this let's would probably it. be a good time. So before we get into uh, the reading, let's take our break. We have traffic. Robert Steinbuck and Chris Corbett are on the line. They are our residential law experts. And so they have more to tell you coming up right here on the Dave Elswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer.
2: <laughs> I am Robert Steinbuck. On for Dave Ellswick all this week and this coming Monday. Please listen in. Remember to listen in again this evening at 6 to 7 p.m. for the continuation of the Dave Ellswick show, as well as Monday, 6 to 8 a.m., and then again in the evening, 6 to 7 p.m. On the line with me, of course, is my regular co-host and good friend, Chris Corbett. Chris is a local attorney here in the Little Rock and Conway area. His mobile office, his rolling for justice office can be seen on the highways and byways of the central Arkansas area. And he's also a professional engineer. Now, Chris, before we get back into discussing what's going on in higher education, <clears throat> I just want to mention, as you know already, that our good friend, David Allen Bubbus, own owner of David's Burgers, Absolutely, the best burgers, of course, I get the chicken burger. I think it 's the only place you can get a ground chicken burger. Often, you get that chicken breast, which is just inedible. but this is a ground chicken burger at david 's burger's and it 's absolutely fantastic but i 'm not here to pitch for the for the hamburger i 'm so here to good. pitch so to speak isn 't it so good i 'm here to pitch for David Allen Bubbus, who is running for Little Rock City Council because we need great conservatives like David Allen Bubis on the Little Rock City Council. We need to bring this city around. We need to get rid of this absolutely awful, you know what's coming, uh, Little Rock Police Department chief. He is a
0: nightmare. He needs to go. He's got to go, as I like to say. I've got to go, Rob. i got to say it right now, Rob. If, if this yes, mayor please. cannot see this incompetence in the police chief, if he cannot see that four of the employees, uh, if all the captains have filed lawsuits against him. All of them are disgruntled. They're, they are upset with this pleasing. If the mayor can't see it, guess what? He's got to go to.
2: Well, you know, the the only saving grace for this mayor is we can't say he's the worst mayor in the country because bill, de blah, blah, Blasio of New York is the worst mayor in the country. So no matter how bad this mayor gets, and he ain't great. He can't be that bad. Yeah. And, uh, let's see him make one good decision. I'm not sure he's done so yet, but one good decision that he could make is to get rid of this absolutely awful, awful chief of police. And
0: you know what? Yeah, you know what? Are, are we... he, he, Go, ahead. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Well, he, Go asked. ahead. He's been asked. He's been asked. And his his comment was, I respectfully decline. Oh, you respectfully decline. Okay. What does that mean? Uh, you, you like what he's doing? It means you're endorsing him. You like what he's doing in the police force?
2: I tell you what. It means when, when's it going to end? Yeah. I'll tell you what it means to me, Chris. It means I respectfully de- uh, decline to vote for this mayor. Come the next election, hundred percent. I respectfully decline. I think they
0: ought to. I think they need to organize some kind of recall vote. I think they've got to get this clown out of there. Get them yeah. both gone. Uh, you know, I, I'm stunned. I am stunned that um, – and I'm not just saying I'm not on a lone island by myself, Rob. I hear hear grumblings. People are calling me and asking me what in the heck is going on in the city of Little Rock. Um, Apparently there was potentially some um, protest going to go on in front of the federal courthouse yesterday. I don't know what happened with it, but alerts went out. And, um, yeah, if we we have to suffer some sort of uh, burnings or buildings start getting burned down because – or, you know, potentially defunding the police, and you're not getting rid of a, a police chief that's taking care of business. That's right. Then, well, here's the problem, Chris.
2: The problem is you know, that when mayors fail to understand that they are hired to be a controller, they are hired right. to be the person that processes the business of a city, and they decide that they are these grand political and social leaders that are going to tell you. What to do instead of being your servant, instead of working for you as a public servant, making sure that the trains run on time, so to speak, they're doing the opposite. They don't pay attention to the operation of good government and they declare what is good for you and what you should be doing. Excuse me, I didn't elect you king, I didn't elect you to dictate anything to me, I elect you to keep the trains running on time. And this mayor, <laughs> and the pri- one of the primary jobs of a mayor in that regard is to operate the police department. And the first tool to do so is to hire a good police chief. Chris, is this right. such a deficient city that they can't find someone from the Little Rock area to be the police chief? They got to bring some guy oh. in from out of town. I think he's from Tulsa, but I don't know. And I don't care. Yeah. Is it so yeah. deficient? Yeah.
0: Fantastic question. Fantastic question, Rob. So the last two police chiefs we brought 100%. in from out of town. Disasters. Disasters. And, Isn't that um, remarkable? Tell so me, you know we've of, got at least of, or, or may even know personally, some of the
2: people who have applied to be police chiefs in Little Rock? 100%. Tell me about them. Two, tell me about
0: two, them. Two of them. Two of them they overlooked was my classmate from Hall High School was Alice Folk. They overlooked her and hired someone from out of state. And um another one of the assistant police chiefs that, have, that Chris, a Chris, let's pick up was, that
1: let's pick up that yeah. thought in the next hour. We have to get to some news, traffic, and weather. You guys right are listening on. to the Dave Elswick show, 101.1 FM The Answer. Robert Steinbach and Chris Corbett, our resident law experts, are here and they will talk more to you coming up after the seven or after around seven oh five, I should say, one oh one point one FM The Answer.
2: Robert Summer filling in for Dave all this week and this coming Monday as well. Dave is on a well deserved vacation in Florida. On the line with me is Chris Corbett, local attorney here in the Little Rock and Conway area, also a professional engineer and hopefully a candidate for Arkansas State Senate in 2022. Not this coming election, but the following election. Chris, we are talking about candidates uh, who had applied for, to be the Little Rock Police Commissioner and how this mayor failed to choose them. Before I get to that, I just want to make one mention, as I mentioned earlier in the show, that beginning tonight is the Jewish holiday of Rosh Hashanah. That means New Year. And Chris and I discussed during the break that one of the acts that we do to celebrate the new year is we take an apple and we dip it in some honey, a slice of apple, and everybody in the family has a piece of apple dipped in honey to celebrate, celebrate the freshness, excuse me, the sweetness of the new year. And so I mention that because we can join everyone. Uh, in, we come from a common Judeo-Christian background, and all of Dave, Dave's listeners can join in this joyous, joyous, Occasion And take an apple and dip it, dip some slices in honey and share it amongst your family to join in a uh, in a collective joy of the new year. Chris, tell us sounds, about your story. Great, Rob. Apples.
0: Sounds great.
2: Thank you. Thank you. You uh, were telling us about Alice Fink and another candidate who would have been solid candidates from Little Rock, from the central Arkansas area to be the commissioner of police instead of some out-of-towner as if we can't find anybody local to do the job. Tell us about those
0: folks. That's right. Well, we had, there are two fantastic candidates. One was Alice Folk, F-U-L-K, oh, wow. my classmate from Hall High School. And then the other one was um, the now current, he's lost his ability to get him, was the now current Pulaski County Sheriff Eric Higgins. Both of these mm-hmm. fine candidates had applied for the police chief and had been uh, our local residents, live in Little Rock, born and uh, raised in Arkansas. full um, graduated from Hall High School. Eric Higgins graduated from Catholic High School. And he's like, oh, well, we're just going to go out of state. Like, there's some talent out of state. We don't have any um, talent here locally that actually care about our communities You know the current I don't even think the current police chief even bought a house I think he still owns his house where he came from he's renting, maybe living with his girlfriend I think there's been pub, uh, publications that he's living with a girlfriend here or something um, this is not good for the city he, he, he knows it's temporary um, and he's biding his time so we need to get someone in here that cares and if the mayor doesn't do it Rob, if the mayor doesn't do it then he's got to go too that means he doesn't he care out. about the city. He yeah, out. Let's, let's, you know, let's bring this up. You can go, and down, I don't, with, you sim- can go down with Yeah. I, I was just going to say, I, I think your point
2: is good. I didn't mean to cut you off. As the no, listeners know, we are all remote, so it's a, a little bit more of a lag time when we're speaking. In any event, I don't embrace at all this notion of identity politics, of course, this leftist mayor does. I, I raise that to only say, obviously, Alice Folk is a female. That would uh, play into the identity politics issue. I don't care if she's a female or not a female. And I don't know Eric Higgins, but I, I vaguely recall, but correct me if I'm wrong, that he's an African-American. Am I correct about that?
0: That's, that's correct. That's correct.
2: Okay. Well, yep. so there you go. And I say that not because... I think it's important to hire uh, from any particular racial or sex group. I don't. Sorry. Sorry. You know, I've got a crazy standard. It's called uh, the best person for the job. That's a crazy idea, I know, in today's day and age. But in any event, for the leftists, since they don't want to look at merit, they want to look at these other identity qualifications. Apparently, we had two well-qualified candidates based both on merit and these so-called identity qualifiers, and yet they couldn't hire either one of them? Explain that to me, Chris. Do you have any thoughts on that? What? You know, I I don't... Don't, but...
0: Yeah, you know, it it baffled me because I was supporting um, um, Eric Higgins and helped run his campaign for sheriff. And um, the mayor of Little Rock made a mistake. And you know what, Rob? It's okay to make a mistake. But you know what you got to mm-hmm. do? You, you got to make it. another decision. You got mm-hmm. to make another decision, and he's not doing that. He's simply not making decisions, uh, and we need him to make a decision now. Um, Police Chief Keith Humphrey has got to go. He's to go. Uh-huh. That's simple. It's really that simple. Uh,
2: this is a, a position of such importance in this city. And how we deal with our police as a general matter in today's day and age, literally, is of critical importance. And we
0: cannot have a police chief who's out of touch. And Rob, and Rob, this goes deeper. This goes deeper. There's there's a whole, there's a pattern here that Dave listeners need to see. We've got some, some leftist liberal judges out there that for years have been signing off on no-knock warrants. These officers are coming in. They want a warrant, no-knock warrant. Come on, man. Do they have probable cause? Some of these judges need to not sign off on these search warrants. There's a, mm-hmm. they, they, You're fighting the city. It's hard to file suit and win against the city. They've got mm-hmm. some of the largest resources out there, unlimited budgets, basically. Well, the irony is, like when
2: the city went after that, cop, Stark, I forget his first name, <clears throat> for a yeah. proper shooting, for a proper shooting, uh, they brought in mm-hmm. one of these big building lawyers, and so they used your taxpayer dollars and my taxpayer dollars to fund a private attorney to go after a good cop, and they lost. They
0: lost. Yeah. So yeah, you know city what, spent... It was, uh-huh. Go. Go. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I just was. You're, you're so, your point is so well taken. They spent, I think, it was sixty-five grand on an outside Jeez. attorney, Jeez. big law firm. Guess what? Officer Starks had a solo attorney, thirty thousand dollars. That's what the court had to pay him. So we paid twice. Pay twice. Twice. So,
2: the city paid a hundred grand to fund a smear campaign against a good cop. Why? Politics.
0: That's why. You know, I would love Politics. to I'd love to reach out and talk to Officer Starks. He's 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 got he's built to something that, that not very many people have, I think. He stuck it out, he went wanted his job back. You know, if he didn't want the job, he would have just said, Okay, I'm out. No. He wants to serve the community. And he got put in a terrible situation on a with a convicted felon, drugs on him, car, gun in the car, in a stolen car. And he had to take action. um, Absolutely. Yeah. And um, now he just he just couldn't handle it anymore. He he just said, uh, "Remember hostile environment." Remember that every uh, manager in the police department
2: below the chief, who was an outsider and was told to rush the investigation, everyone below the chief reviewed that shooting and said that his actions were overall. Uh, Proper. And the chief said, Oh, I really, I'm struggling. I love this fake angst that you see from these leftists. And he's, Oh, I'm struggling, but I I just, I have to fire him. And then went to court, and the court said, "Uh, No, no. And they slapped the, the police chief in the face, and then the police chief, because he's bitter because he's angry, because he's incompetent, uh-huh. sticks, right. stark, uh, and a desk job without a badge and a gun. That's an absolute right. violation of what oh, the court ordered. A, and In fact, the court said so. I'm,
0: yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he said, okay, right? they got, yeah, he got ordered to hire him back and wouldn't right. give him his gun and badge. That's, right. The judge, that's judge, right. the judge had to threaten the city with a fine of $10,000 a day.
2: That's right. It's just because these high level city and any level any entity bureaucrats think they're above the law yeah. and it's about so, time no. that they're told I'm sorry and, and and this is a law officer thinks he's above the law yeah.
0: so what what's an officer supposed to do when somebody does not comply right. what's an officer supposed to do okay right. do they let you do they let you put your hands down beside your your uh, your seat where you could have a gun? I mean, we're talking seconds, Rob. We're talking, you know, a couple seconds. What What, what is an officer supposed to do? Nothing? No, I mean, is he supposed to fall back and take cover? No, don't you
2: understand? You seem to, to not have gotten the new woke memo. And the new woke memo says only those who volunteer to be arrested should be arrested, and everybody else wants to walk free. You, you, I'm sorry, you didn't get the, you're not on the woke memo distribution list, apparently, but I, no. I get the woke memo distribution, and it says, if you want to be arrested, please wear a sign saying, uh, I consent to be arrested. Otherwise, uh, we won't arrest you. We won't arrest you, because that's how it works. You saw this videotape, Chris, I know, uh, just released from Tulsa, in which two cops are trying to arrest a guy in a car. By the way, did you see right. it in the mainstream media? Nope. Nope. Why? Because they're all white. That's why you didn't see it in the mainstream That's media. Right. He's a white and
0: guy. That's exactly 100%. Guy.
2: He's a white guy. So mm-hmm. uh, two cops, also white, I believe, uh, are trying to uh, arrest a, a white guy. I, I know for sure the perpetrator is a white guy because you see, mostly you see from the camera of the police officer. So you see the perpetrator, right. mostly. and. Uh, they're trying to arrest him. He, they pulled over this car. They try to arrest him, and, and he's resisting. And uh, no, I'm not getting out of the car. And I know my rights. I know my rights. Yeah, yeah. I love how everybody knows their rights when they're when they're violating the law. He's a
0: big guy. He he appears yep. to be a pretty big guy.
2: Yep. And so the cops are struggling to get him out of the out of the police car. And several police officers that I've uh, spoken to have, have pointed out that the those two police officers were deferential. Instead of acting more quickly, they were somewhat deferential to this person. Oh, and that's, oh, and that's no. a problem. And so they gave this guy inadvertently, of course, enough time that he pulls a gun from under the seat as they finally get him out of the car. And he shoots them both, kills one. Why is this not in the oh, mainstream man. media? I'll tell you why it's not in the mainstream media. Yeah. Because there was no minority involved in it. And so only – and, of course, the cops are the ones that got shot, not the bad guy, so that doesn't make the news. But, of course, it's insightful because it informs us why cops, A, have to be vigilant and, B, are often on guard as a consequence of that vigilance uh, for these furtive movements of perpetrators. There's a simple rule, Chris. If you get pulled over – you do what the cop d- says. If the cop's being a, a an a-hole, well, nowadays yep. most of them have video recordings, and you can you can ask pursuant to a Freedom of Information Act uh, for that video yep. recording, and then you put that on Twitter. Yep. And guess what? I bet you that guy will lose his job if he's being an a-hole. Yeah. But if he but, but otherwise, I- you do what the cop tells you to do. I remember once I got pulled over years and years ago. And I went to get out of the car just as a courtesy. And the cop said, no, no, you don't need to get out of the car, do you? But he said so very politely. And I realized at that Uh moment, oh, he's saying that for both of our safety. And I said, oh, sure. Yeah, no, that's not it. I I was getting out for your just to talk to you. But, no, I can stay in the car. And then I gave him my stuff. I don't think I got a ticket from that. In fact, in any event, whether or not I got a ticket doesn't much matter. Uh, If a cop tells you what to do, you do what he says, unless he says something like, go shoot that guy. And uh-huh. if, you, if he said something wrong, you can fight it later by hiring someone like Chris Corbett when you go to court.
1: All right, right, guys let's, Rob, continue, can, let's continue let's continue this. Hmm? Let's continue Go this ahead. thought. Um, after uh, the break, we have uh, some traffic and some news to get to. Robert Steinbach and Chris Corbett are our residential law experts here on the Dave Elswick Show. They are filling in for Dave as he is on vacation. We will be right back with more of the Dave Elswick Show. 101.1 FM, The Answer. This is
0: Dave Ellswick,
2: Robert Steinbach. And on the line with me is Chris Corbett, local attorney, local professional engineer, and hopefully in 2022, local candidate for state Senate. Chris, let's wrap up our discussion of the incompetence of the chief of police uh, of the Little Rock Police Department. And then we're going to come back to what we were talking about after the break at the bottom of the hour. Uh, and that is how the woke Princeton has declared their embedded racism, and as a consequence, the Department of Education is investigating them appropriately. Because if you're going to call yourself a racist, we should not be funding that with taxpayer dollars. We're going to come back to that uh, after the bottom of the hour break. But in the meantime, tell us about Alice Folk and the uh, Sheriff Higgins, who used to be on the police force in Little Rock, and how both of them were candidates to be the police chief But this local mayor, who is a a local, he grew up in Little Rock. He's an Arkansan. I suspect not even a first generation, meaning I think he's got a lot of history, family history in Arkansas. I don't know, but I suspect that's the case. I I say that as a compliment, to be clear. And yet he saw fit to hire someone from out of town because, gosh knows, if here in Arkansas, apparently, uh, and I'm being mocking, I'm being sarcastic, we're too backwards. To produce our own police chiefs, how is that the case? So tell us about these two candidates who were very capable people, uh, as I understand it from you.
0: Yeah, so there there were there were a couple other candidates. I believe there were four that made the finalists. I just knew I, I knew, which I knew two of. Um mm-hmm. and um Sheriff Higgins and his daughter and my daughter played soccer together back in grade school, so I've known Sheriff Higgins for a long time, and prior to that he was the assistant police chief and then Alice Folk and I were in high school together. She was a couple years older than me, but these are two fantastic uh, lifelong servants of in serving in the blue that applied for the police chief job and um they they didn't get it, and this is not the first time that that the mayor has hired someone from out of state. I don't understand why they, do they feel like the the, the grass is greener on the other side or something? They fit? It's just outrageous. And now, as you know, Sheriff Higgins left and he ran uh, successfully for Pulaski County Sheriff, obviously qualified, right? He won the sheriff's office. And um, now they've got over four of the captains that filed suit against the current police chief. And, The current mayor still doesn't see the writing on the wall. Oh, no, he's fine. We're going to work through this. Uh, No, something's going on here.
2: It's really remarkable. Um, uh, I can't understand that thinking, but I suspect it's part of this echo chamber that happens. I remember... When a dean, let's just say a dean here at a local law school uh, after President Trump was elected, sent out a memo uh, bemoaning, essentially, this was the worst election season in my lifetime or the most difficult election season in my lifetime. And we've got counselors for you, counselors. Uh, I I don't remember anybody (laughs) saying that there were counselors available when uh, when we uh, elected Obama. Right. But when tra- oh we got counselors for you. And then, of course, they try to backpedal it. Well, oh, well, the counselors weren't for the election, per se, but it's this and that and the other thing. First of all, I don't believe the backpedaling. Uh, and second of all, it just shows you how these people live in an echo chamber, because I'm sure uh, this dean, uh, Good riddens by the way, was showing a draft of this. Uh, memo: This email that he sent to all the students in the school, uh, and he was told, "Oh yeah, it's great, it's great," because that's what happens when you work with an echo chamber. That's what happens when that's you don't right. get advice from outsiders. And sure mm-hmm. enough, uh, he he was out of the deanship in a week, uh, and he was out of the school uh, shortly thereafter. Even though he claimed, "Well, you know, I'll go back to the faculty," but he had already been looking for another job because, you know, these people are there are these serial. Uh, administrators hopping around the country looking to create titles for themselves rather than improving the lives of those that they are supposed to be serving. So th- I use that as an analogy. Same thing when you get these police chiefs who hop around the country serving as police chiefs, uh, not to improve the, the local environment, but rather to improve their own resumes. And so we don't need an outsider to be the police chief when we have qualified candidates who are local. Now, if we didn't have any qualified candidates, that would be one thing. And if the person that you brought in was really outstanding, uh, that would also be another thing. But neither is the case here. This guy has demonstrated that he's incompetent. And we have seen quite clearly that there were a number of viable candidates that could have been hired locally. So let's stop outsourcing our jobs, uh, such as the police chief, to people from other cities. Let's hire someone who is both competent and local. And let's, uh, knows- let's continue
1: yep. this thought uh, into the next uh, segment. Rush is now.
2: This is the Dave Houser Show. I am Robert Steinbach, filling in for Dave all of this week and next Monday. Please stay tuned throughout the day to 101.1 FM, The Answer, for interesting commentary and, of course, the news. On the line with me is Chris Corbett, local attorney here in the Little Rock uh, Conway area, Uh, potential State Senate candidate for 2022, Chris. We're going to come back to the topic that we have been discussing, and that is how woke Princeton president declared himself and/or the institution embedded with racism. And then the Department of Education aptly said, "Wait, what? Say what? You, you guys are a bunch of racists. You've got racists in your bones. The beams are racist. The electrical wires racist. Well." maybe we shouldn't be giving you some money from the public fisc from the taxpayer dollars if you're a bunch of racists and i've told you for example that academics across this country and in little rock uh, and in arkansas have declared themselves racist as a uh, as part of this woke new religion that they are adopting and i think we should be looking into every racist that is a a public education academic because i don't want to have hired or keep employed any racists. the the government has made clear that one of the ways you can get fired is if you engage in a pattern of discrimination well if you're a racist how ain't you engaging in a pattern of discrimination how are you not doing that? So let, let me read on from this article that I started previously on the show, and as usual, you and I will comment. According to a letter from the Department of Education sent to Princeton that was obtained by this paper, uh, such an admission from Eisgruber raises concerns that Princeton has been receiving tens of millions of dollars of federal funds in violation of Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which states that, quote, No person in the United States shall, on the ground of race, color, or national origin, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subject to discrimination under any program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. Well, guess what? Princeton receives a boatload of money. Not quite as much money, by the way, as Obama gave to the Iranian terrorists, but still a boatload of money. (laughs) So the article goes on to say that Eisgruber, remember, Eisgruber is the president of Princeton. What's his first name? Christopher Eisgruber. Eisgruber's letter branded the 274-year-old university racist, um, uh, which came after a summer of unrest, rife with race riots, and an open letter from hundreds of Princeton faculty members who wrote, quote, anti-black racism has a visible bearing upon Princeton's campus makeup. Hmm. Hmm. the admission was followed by dozens of, quote, anti-racist, end quote, policy change demands. Among them were calls for select faculty race quotas and to, quote, reconsider, end quote, the use of standardized testing for admissions. So let's talk about that last point, Chris, if you will. First of all, uh, there were calls for select faculty race quotas. Well, those essentially exist already, meaning that uh, race right. is a dramatic component in hiring and admissions across this country in institutions of higher education. So while they may not have a strict number that defines a quota, benefits uh, are given based on select few racial categorizations, uh, and that we must reconsider the use of standardized testing for admissions is yet again a movement, uh, a, pr- a step in the movement. To move away from merit, merit in hiring and merit in admissions. And rather, says the woke left, we need to use identity for admissions purposes and for hiring purposes. Think about that for a moment. We need to use identity because that's the the neo-Marxism. Neo-Marxism takes the construct of a Marxist approach, which was based on class, and said your class determines your outcome, and now... The neo-Marxism says your race determines the outcome. What do you think about all that, Chris?
0: Man, it's 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 deceptive, Rob. It's deceptive, and if you're not paying attention, if you're out being a hardworking American, putting food on your table for your family, they've got these folks that are getting fat paychecks, and uh, they got plenty of time, right? They they got plenty of time to make this stuff up, and dramatically affect the outcome and the future of this country. Um, you can't have one of the top universities in the country come out and say that they've been racists. Uh, this guy's been president since 2013 and received over $75 million in, in federal funding uh, since since he became president. Now he's going to come out and say that uh, he's some sort of Racist In what way, fashion, or uh, it's, it's outrageous, Rob, that they're...
2: Well, you, you against, raised, Chris, a very re- interesting and related point, which is, don't you love mm-hmm. how these guys have been living on the dole of public money yeah. for years and years, and now yeah. they, they just follow a script, right? Whatever is the latest script? The latest script today is the woke leftist script. So he, he, oh, let me adopt the woke leftist script. Previously, he had, oh, no, we are, we're the greatest. We, we benefit minorities. We are not racist at all, because that was the right script in 2013 when he took the job and held this job uh, um, for almost a decade now, right? And now, all of that, right. oh, no, no, I'm told I've got to say this to keep – by the way, how much money does this guy make for a living? Look that one up. I bet oh. you it's – it's at least half a million, and it's probably closer to a million dollars. But whatever, yeah. it's all a lot of money, and it's on the public dole. Not directly, right? It's a private institution. But they receive so much public money that it's it's essentially on the public dole, and now he's declaring, oh, you're I'm a racist, we're a racist, uh, we're all racist. Like it's a, one of those songs, right? And so this yeah. guy's self-flagellation and his kneeling to the false neo-Marxist god of – The racial lens that everything is demanded to be looked through makes him come out and say, oh, well, uh, actually, we're all a bunch of racists. Here's my question, uh, Mr. – I bet you he's a white guy, by the way. Is he a white guy? Look that up for me. I I bet you he's a white guy. Find out. And and he's bowing down to this racial lens. Hey, if your institution is so racist – because that's his declaration now, such that the school is now under investigation by the Department of Education, properly so, by the way, uh, and you're a racist, why ain't you resigning? Why ain't you quitting? Exactly. Why don't we hide, what? hire one of these woke leftists who was never a racist, who was never part of the embedded racial, racist system? I remember when the Soviet Union converted to to a free country, allegedly, by the way. And I visited Russia shortly thereafter, and the judges on the court, the Supreme Court, were the same judges. How are you a judge in the Soviet Union upholding this awful system of communism, and then, now that you're a free country, you're still a judge? Uh, no, you're corrupt. And this guy has admitted <laughs> his corruption,
0: has admitted his racism. Get the heck out. He's got to go. Yeah. He's got to go. Wrong. Yeah, he's one of the highest-paid private college presidents in the nation. I call it? $875,000. Did yep. I
2: call it? Did I call it?
0: <laughs> yep.
2: This guy makes nearly a million dollars, in his woke, gilded office uh, comes in declaring the institution, of course, complying with all the laws that it's required to comply with, including not being racist, and I'm sure he said, oh, well, of course, we go out of our way. We are, we are an affirmative action, equal opportunity employer. I know they said that, by the way. I know it as a fact for Princeton. Of course, I know it, that it takes place in all of these elitist universities. And then... He turns around now and say, oh, actually, no, we, were, we are and were and have been and probably will be a bunch of racists. Well, you know the best way to get rid of a bunch of racists is getting rid of a bunch of racists. That's my recommendation. If you've got a bunch of racists operating your institution and you've got the bones of racism, you've got embedded institutional racism, you've got embedded structural racism, you've got embedded systemic racism, then the best way to clear out that Mess to clear out that problem, to clear out that scourge is to clear it out, and you stop with, yep. and you start with the head of the rotting fish, and you work your way down. Get that rotten fish head out of that position and put somebody in who ain't no racist. And according to the left that pursues this uh, diversity based on race and race alone, by the way, and and those are not the critical factors that need to be distinguished, particularly in higher education, where the real discrimination that takes place is ideological, where conservatives are excluded. Uh, But nonetheless, if you want to follow the woke left ideology, why is there not a preferred racial minority in that position? Answer me this. You big racist, you big admitted racist, get your big admitted racist butt out of that comfy, gilded chair and turn that seat over to somebody else. But that doesn't happen, Chris, because you know what happens? All of these white male elitists, amongst others... And I don't use that terminology. I'm borrowing the terminology of the woke left for a moment, right? All these white male elitists say, well, here's how we're going to fix it, and I'm going to stay in charge to see that it gets fixed. You're going to stay in charge to see how it gets fixed? I thought you are the problem. You admitted you're a racist. That makes you the problem. Get your butt out of that chair. That's what I say.
0: Man. What do you – Yeah, it's deep, Rob. You're on it, man. Um, he's road Scholar, uh, Chicago Law Review. Oh man, Where, where is well, this course. guy? Oh, he's a chess champion. Okay, what what kind yeah. of chess movies he made there? What's he been doing for the last mm-hmm. seven years? In well, that cr- racist chair. The chair's racist. Of cor- the chair's racist.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The chair's racist as well. <laughs> by the way, watch yeah. out for that. When yeah. when they bring the new guy in, they better replace that chair. Uh, That's right. Uh, here's the thing. Those actually sound like good qualifications if you looked at merit, Chris. But you see, merit is not no. a factor that the left wants to look at. The only factor that the left wants to look at is race. He failed that test. Failed that test 100%. He's in the wrong race. Get him out.
0: Oh, god. Get him out. This is going to blow you away. I don't know what this means. Yeah. I don't know what this means. This could be wrong. He identifies as a non-theist Jew. What is a non-theist Jew? Uh, yeah. I don't understand what that is. I mean, oh, he's got I mean, money from a bank account. Oh, non Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah they yeah. paid him one hundred and sixty-two thousand dollars in Swiss francs, representing the value of a bank account of his maternal grandfather, his maternal great grandfather. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, interesting. Man, you know, um, you know,
2: what, it does raise an interesting question. You been doing? By the way. It, it, It's a a bit of a tangent, but I've mentioned this before in Dave's show. As you know, and as Dave's audience knows, I'm Jewish. We talked about the Jewish New Year starting this evening. Uh, What's what's interesting is Jews still, although I I bet you it's a lot less so now, uh, uh, vote uh, majority Democrat. And it's a shame, because Democrats do not represent the interests of Jews, and frankly, of all Americans, I think the Democrats are are running afoul of their best interests. But they don't represent the interests of Jews. Now, a lot of Jews believe, as non-Jews, and particularly, by the way, uh, deeply religious Christians, all believe in the virtue of having a Jewish state of Israel, the only democracy, of course, in the Middle East, and uh, the Democratic Party is antagonistic towards Israel. They hate Israel. yeah, And right. they have embodied not only anti-Israel, but anti-Semitic positions, 100%, that they've done so, that is. And, and so... Mm-hmm. It is really, uh, it's time for the Jewish community to sort of have a better sense of their own best interests. And I've been saying this for a number of years now. Obviously, anyone's free to vote the way they want to vote, but don't cut off your nose to spite your face. Uh, and. That's what unfortunately I see happening at times with the Jewish community. So uh, I, I've been asked that by a number of conservatives, honestly. Right, they're not attacking. They just say, well, I, I don't understand. Why don't we have more Jews voting for conservatives? Because it strikes me that conservative ideology that relies on notions of merit, notions of hard work, notions of fairness, notions of equality, those are all. Uh, positions that seem concordant with both religious beliefs as well as cultural beliefs in the Jewish community. And the answer is, of course, that's the case. So it's, I, I, I think there are some historical reasons why Jews have, uh, have voted for Democrats, but those historical mm-hmm. reasons no longer pertain. And in particular, I think the Democratic Party has demonstrated an antipathy to the interests of Jews, uh, and has a number of members who are uh, promoted uh, in the Democratic Party who are downright anti Semitic. And that's a problem. You know, we see this with uh, Elon Omar, and we see this with uh, Rashida Tlaib. Uh, They have espoused downright anti-Semitic positions, and uh, those people are elevated in the Democratic Party, not uh, pushed down. And so if you're going to elevate people who take anti-Semitic positions, uh, I agree with those, I share, and indeed I myself state that it's not a smart decision for Jews to vote for a party that has uh, elevated people who have demonstrated anti-Semitism, which means anti-Jewish.
1: All right, Robert All right. and Chris, let's take a break. Uh, we have to uh, pay some bills and then we'll be done with our fine. Then we will have our final segment of the seven o'clock hour of the Dave Ellswick show. Robert Steinbach and Chris Corbett are here with us. They are our residential law experts. They will be back after these commercial breaks on the Dave Ellswick show. 101.1 FM, The Answer. Sir.
2: This is the Dave Ellsworth Show. I am Robert Steinbach Filling in for Dave all week and this coming Monday on the line, as you know, is Chris Corbett, local attorney here in the Little Rock Conway area. Look on the roads for the mobile office of the Corbett Law Firm. You, If you say, well, how do I know I'll see it? I'm not sure. Oh, you'll know when you see it. You can't miss it. Take a look at my Twitter feed if you want to see some fantastic photos of it, I can be seen on Twitter at Rob Steinbuck, at R-O-B-S-T-E-I-N-B-U-C-H. So you'll see that, and Chris hopefully will be running for office in 2022, not this coming election, uh, for state senate. Chris, I'm continuing to read from this article about the admitted racism, structural racism, institutional racism, systemic racism at Princeton by this uh, Pre- admitted by the president of Princeton who makes nearly a million dollars a year in part on the public dough. to no, a private school, but they get a lot of public funding as do all institutions, virtually all institutions of higher education. So the letter now to this admitted racist from the department of education uh, under president Trump, of course, says, quote, based on its admitted racism, The U.S. Department of Education is concerned Princeton's non-discrimination and equal opportunity assurances in its program participation agreements from at least 2013, by the way, which is when this president took over, to the present may have been false. The department is further concerned Princeton perhaps knew or should have known these assurances were false at the time they were made. Finally, the department is further concerned Princeton's many non-discrimination and equal opportunity claims to students, parents, and consumers in the market for education certificates may have been false, misleading, and actionable, substantial misrepresentations in violation of federal law. Therefore, the Department of the Department's Office of Post-Secondary Education in consultation with the Department's Office of the General Counsel is opening this investigation. That's right, baby. That's right. You want to be an admitted racist? You want to say that the bones of your institution are racist, that there is systemic, institutional, structural racism and you're a racist at Princeton? Well, guess what? We're going to look into that. We got to look into that. What do you think of that, Chris?
0: (laughs) I think it's great. Um, You know what? For the last, since he's been president, all application fees need to be refunded to every student that didn't get in. How about that? To start. Isn't that a good point? Well, it's fraud. Yeah. The first
2: resolution of fraud is to return the money that you've stolen uh, from the victim. Give it back. By the way, this. Yep. Not only the application fee, Chris, what about the tens of thousands of dollars per year of tuition that they've collected from taxpayer dollars? Oh,
0: up next. There you go. Mm -hmm. And guess what, Rob? It it won't hurt them. They have a twenty five billion dollar endowment. I love it. I love it.
2: Paying back America for their sins of racism. Let's let's yeah. have them starting to pay reparations.
0: Why ain't they, they doing are that? Are they pumping out racist? Are they pumping out racist graduates?
1: Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Chris. Yep. We will continue this discussion in the 6 p.m. hour this evening. So don't go anywhere. We got a lot of different uh, programs and commentaries coming up. This is The Dave Elswick Show. Follow us uh, at 6 p.m. tonight. 101.1 FM, The Answer. <laughs>
2: This is the Dave Ellswick Show, and I am Robert Steimlich, filling in for Dave all week and this coming Monday. Welcome to the 6 o'clock hour of the Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. On the line with me, of course, is uh, my sidekick. I say that somewhat mockingly because Chris is twice my size. Uh, My sidekick, Chris Corbett. Chris Corbett is a local attorney here in Little Rock and in the Conway area. He is a professional engineer. You will see rolling down the road, quite literally, Chris's mobile law office. Uh, Be sure to check out my Twitter feed, at Rob Steinbach, S-T-E-I-N-B-U-C-H, for pictures of the Chris Corbett mobile law office. Chris, we have been—we talked about this morning on the Dave Ellswick show how the president of Princeton University came out and declared that his institution is racist. Is racist, and so the Department of Education said, "Well, hey, Mister, nearly million-dollar-salaried, uh, latte-drinking, uh, sea bass-eating, uh, rich guy, if your place is racist." Why are you taking money from the federal government and declaring that you're complying Uh with the Civil Rights laws, uh, the Civil Rights Act in particular of 1964? Sounds like you're violating the law. And we're going to look into what you've been doing. And so the article goes on that I had started on the morning show. The article goes on to say that the Department of Education seeks to obtain from uh, its investigation is what evidence Princeton used in its determination that the university is racist, including all records regarding Eisgruber's, Eisgruber is the president of Princeton, makes almost a million dollars a year, Eisgruber's letter, and a, quote, spreadsheet identifying each person who has, on the ground of race, color, or national origin, been excluded from participation in, been denied the benefits of or been subjected to discrimination under any program or activity receiving federal financial assistance as a result of the Princeton racism or damage referred, excuse me, reference in the president's letter. End quote. Eisberger and a quote designated corporate representative quote must sit for interviews under oath, and Princeton must also also respond to written questions regarding the matter. Multiple people familiar with the matter have confirmed that the letter's validity and assert that this investigation is not political. Instead, they insist that the department has a legal obligation to investigate a supposedly self-admitted violation of the federal civil rights protections. The Department of Education regularly investigates universities for violating Title IX of the Civil Rights Act, and it did so under Obama Uh, In its handling of campus sexual assault and misconduct allegations, this investigation, while while not identical, could prove similar. Chris, these lefties can't have their cake and eat it, too. They can't, at one point, claim that they are not discriminating, taking all sorts of money in applications, in tuition, in donations, in federal funding, And then turn around when the woke left tells him, oh, wait a second, Uh, as part of the re-education camp, as part of the neo-Marxist movement, if you are going to be woke, you need to claim that not only you are racist, you need to do that, you need to claim that your institution is institutionally, is structurally, is systemically racist. And so sure enough, bowing to the false god of neo-Marxism, the president of Princeton, who makes nearly a million dollars a year, says, oh, yep, that's us. That's us. We'd be a bunch of racists. The institution, no. the
0: institution is racist.
2: Well, now they're yeah. under investigation. What do you think of that?
0: Man, let's let's put this in uh, perspective. I'm going to say some big numbers here. This is Princeton, one of the oldest universities in the nation, has a $25 billion dollar endowment. Yes, folks. Billion dollars. They make an average of 10% 10 a year off this endowment. So they're making $2.5 billion a year, and they've got a president up there eating, uh, he's not eating rice and beans folks, he's eating rice and beans next to his what'd you call it? Chilean sea bass, right? Yeah, Chilean sea bass, exactly. Yeah. And this cat thinks that Princeton is racist. And for the last seven years as president, he's done nothing to eradicate racism in Princeton. So let's break this down. Who's racist? Are they producing racist students? Are they hiring? Are they having some sort of hiring process that's racist? Are they only hiring blacks? Are they only hiring whites? Are they making decisions based on race? How deep does this go? Guess what? He's charged his cabinet to go out and infiltrate and find these racist systemic values in this um, age-old foundation of, of education. Well, guess what? It says that his cabinet understands how to interrogate and improve the university systems. Well, guess what? Now he gets to get interrogated by the Department of Education. They're going to interrogate him on how truthful his statements have been over the last seven years when they, in exchange for federal money, filled out an agreement that says they're not racist. This guy's in trouble.
2: How could those statements be true? Either you've been systemically racist and are systemically racist, or you haven't been and aren't. Those two... Truths can't both exist simultaneously, notwithstanding that the left has my truth. I didn't know my truth also changes over time. My truth on Tuesdays oh. is one thing, and my truth on Wednesdays is the opposite. Maybe that's how they're going oh, to allow this man. transparent hypocrisy. What do you think? Rob,
0: all we need, all we need is five minutes of this Rhodes Scholar educated with our fund, American funds, we need this Rhodes scholar on the stand. You and I need five minutes cross examining this 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 dwarf um that's making a million dollars a year, and this guy that's just this pinhead. I call him a pinhead. What have you been doing the last seven years? He would collapse
2: under a cross examination because Oh my he, god. He couldn't say a consistent thought. Um yeah. and uh it's it's really telling that these folks on the woke left don't realize the hole that they are digging for themselves or have dug for themselves. In the Kool-Aid. Which, yeah, is he drinking the Kool-Aid? Awesome. What's he doing up That's there? It. They are all it's in the their echo Kumbaya... Yeah, they're Mm -hmm. kumbaya, hand-holding echo chambers of leftism, where they're told, oh, the only way you can be accepted is part of this neo-Marxist behavior, where you've got to declare up front your racism, then we will cleanse you. It's the neo-Marxist equivalent of a baptism. You need to declare your racism, and then we will cleanse you of your racism. How about this? How about just not being a racist? I'm not a racist. Yeah, I'm a, You're a, not a racist. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so this is this is the new strategy of this left wing Marxist ideas that we all need to come out and admit that we've been hiding something since we were born, right? And somehow we're racist, however it is, you need to admit it. Right? This is this is like um, some sort of torture. I mean we they got this guy in um in an electric chip there and they're shocking him. Admit you're racist. No. Admit it. What are they doing to Admit this guy? It. Sign this so document. Did he?
2: The perversity crazy Maybe he's no one's shocking anybody. This is yeah. the left doing to themselves. This is their ideology. This is their new religion. And They are uh, required to exclaim their own racism as the only way to decry that they are not racist. It's this total, internally consistent delusion. And we're Um, not going to stand for it. This is why people, by the way, on the margins are going to vote for Trump. Why? Because no, I don't. I, I, I'm not willing to say I can tell who's going to win or lose this election. I just think there are so many factors, particularly given the pandemic, uh, that make measuring that so difficult. But I can tell you, I know of people who are going to vote for Trump who didn't vote for Trump last time because they see what's coming down the road from the left. To be fair, there are people who voted for Trump who are not going to vote for him again. But there are a number of people who say, well, I wasn't going to vote for him last time. But I see what this neo-Marxist left is espousing. And it's dangerous. It's corrupting. It will destroy this country.
0: Look, Look this, this letter, letter, Rob, this letter is amazing. Um, yeah, he says, at uh, at a university, Princeton... That, for the most part of its history, intentionally and systematically excluded people of color, women, Jews, and other minorities. Whoa. What? Well, of course, that's true, right? Because the the, the institution
2: was started in the mid-1700s. But that's like saying, well... That school probably is in the north, so it didn't have slaves working there. But what about a school in the south that had slaves? Does a school that had slaves working, like University of Virginia, I think, uh, or W&L, one of these schools, uh, if Mm -hmm. they had slaves there, does that mean they still endorse slavery? Well, of course it doesn't. And is there something that they can do relative to the prior bad acts? Sure. But does that mean they still endorse slavery? Well, of course not. It's a bunch of woke leftists at these universities, no, le- no less, notwithstanding that even conservatives, uh, meaning the full panoply of the spectrum of political ideology, nobody supports slavery. That's insane. So uh, of yeah. the mainstream ideology, of course, they are fascists and communists, both who... Uh, support some form of slavery. That's right, communists support a form of slavery, but you are slave to the state. Uh, And now, you know, if you have letters to write how that is somehow morally distinguishable from the slavery that existed in the United States, uh, go take a look at what happened under the Soviet Union, okay? Because uh, they murdered uh, um, tens, if not hundreds of millions of people under their form of slavery. So I'm not going to sit here and try to judge which evil is more evil. They're all evil. They're all
0: evil. How's that? And you know, so, okay, let, let, yeah, well, maybe this guy's some sort of chess champion. He's a smart guy, yep. Rhodes Scholar. Perhaps he's exposed this king here. Perhaps he's, perhaps he's, he knows that the Department of Education was going to investigate him after this letter. Come on, he had to, he had to anticipate this move being a chess champion, right? All right, so maybe what he's doing is. He's going to throw this out there. Hey, we've been systematically racist for the last 100 years. And then the investigation comes on and proves that they're not. Boom, maybe he's got some sort of uh, we, we got a liar, a smart guy. That right? only
2: makes him a liar. The best you can uh, take away from that is he's a liar.
0: There you go. Deception. The, one, of the, yep. one of the cruelest things out there is deception. So now he's, so he's this, burying the deception even farther.
2: Of course. As I mentioned earlier, Chris,
0: these leftist Rob.
2: administrators, these leftist administrators, what they do is they lick their finger and stick it up in the air. And they say, oh, I see the political winds are blowing hard left right now, so let me okay. adopt the language of the hard left without scrutinizing it without determining whether there's any validity to it, even though these people are supposed to be educators, of course, right? And I'm going to use that language. And so he pays homage to the woke left, not realizing that he's admitting to crimes. He's admitting to yeah. fraud. And now he's yeah. going to be subject to an investigation, and rightfully so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's just see how deep it goes. Absolutely.
1: Um, Heidi is it time for us to take a break I was just about to say let's take a break guys um Robert Steinbuck and Chris Corbett, they are our resident law experts. Robert Steinbuck is a law professor at the Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of you, a little rock. And Chris Corbett is a law professor, is a law person and an engineer. <laughs> so we will be right back uh, with more on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer.
2: This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinbuck, filling in for Dave all this week and this coming Monday as well. Please stay tuned for other interesting and exciting programs throughout the day on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Interesting commentary and, of course, the news throughout the day. I'm talking with Chris Corbett, local attorney, local professional engineer in the Little Rock Conway area, and likely, I think, candidate for state senate come 2022 in the Conway area Chris, related to this wokedom that we see at Princeton University that is now subjecting them to investigation by the Department of Education about a month ago and we reported on this when it happened as well about a month ago the uh, Department of Justice sent a letter to Yale and I want to read a little bit from that letter uh, to reflect upon the misdeeds going on there and set it up as a contrast with what's going on at Princeton. So in the letter to, from the Department of Justice uh, to the representative for Yale, the DOJ writes, I right to notify you that the U.S. Department of Justice has determined that Yale University violated and is continuing to violate Title VII of the Civil Rights Act by discriminating on the basis of race and national origin in its undergraduate admissions with respect to domestic non-transfer applicants to Yale College. Yale's discrimination is longstanding and ongoing. So what are they talking about there? And how does that relate to what's going on Princeton? Because it's really remarkable. It's what I said earlier. Princeton claims that it has been racist all these years, that it is keeping out To be clear, minorities, it is adversely treating, I should say, minorities. I don't know if it means it's keeping them out or it's doing something else. I'm not sure what that form of woke racism is, but the left, as embodied by the president of Princeton, who claims that Princeton is structurally racist, claims that the university is harming select minorities. At the same time, what is really going on is what's reflected in the letter by the DOJ to Yale, where the DOJ says that there's discrimination going on. Oh, so we're on the same page? Uh Uh-uh. Uh-uh. It's the opposite. It's exactly what I said. The DOJ correctly says that Yale, like Princeton, like every other university in the United States, and they receive overwhelmingly public funding to do this, discriminates
0: against
2: whites and against Asians. That's who it discriminates against, because it gives overwhelming preferences based over... uh, I'm going to use it twice. Based overwhelmingly... On select racial categories. If you are a member of a select racial category, you get an overwhelming benefit and consideration in two aspects, in both admissions and hiring, in both. So, oh, yeah, there's racism going on, but not the type that the president of Princeton claims, because he claims there's discrimination against select racial minorities, and the Department of Justice has pointed out correctly that there's discrimination in favor of select minorities. That's the perverse world that we live in, where up is down, left is right. Why? I ask you, Chris, and I'll tell you briefly, and then I'll take your comments. Why? Because to the left, there's no truth. There's my truth. My truth. My truth. When I read the label of my mayonnaise, it doesn't say my truth as to the ingredients. It says the ingredients, and they better darn well be the actual ingredients, not somebody's my-truth version of the ingredients. What do you think about all that, Chris?
0: That, you, you got a, that is a fantastic point, Rob, and it is perverse. Um, the deception um, that is being uh, perpetrated on the students of these Ivy League schools, Princeton, and yield, the deception on the employees. Um, This is, this is, it is remarkable. It's outrageous. It makes me want to puke. I'm sitting here reading this going, really? Wow. And these are universities, Rob, that have billions of dollars in endowment. Billions with a B. These universities are benefiting from a free and capitalist society that is supposed to Supposed to help them out, but in turn they've been deceiving the public, and now have admitted that they that they have these racist policies in place, all the while charging premiums for tuition. I, I ran a little calculation here, Rob. Princeton, eighty six hundred students, at a, at a at a tuition cost of two hundred thousand dollars for four years, that would cost them one point seven billion dollars a year. Maybe, maybe. The DOJ can say, okay, guys, for the next 10 years, you're going to have to be free tuition. But guess what? They can give free tuition to every student for the next 10 years and still make a billion dollars a year off their endowment. Well, that's really remarkable,
2: isn't it? In other words, they can give out free tuition and still be profitable uh, based on their endowment alone. Now, of course, we don't know what right. their total expenses are, but right. it's remarkable that they claim that, well, we're racist uh, on the one hand, at other times, oh, we do the most we can. Why All are right, not? hold
1: that. Hold that yep. thought, Robert. We have to get to the news and some other commercial breaks. You are listening to 101.1 FM, The Answer.
2: This is the Dave Ellsworth Show. I am Robert Steinbach, and I'm on the line with Chris Corbett, or on the line with me is Chris Corbett local attorney, and professional engineer in the Little Rock, Conway area. We are discussing important topics of the day in this 6 o'clock hour of the Dave Ellswick show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. And, of course, we're talking about this paradox, the paradox of where woke Princeton president declares, we're racist! And that claim of racism is a claim of racism against, harmful to, certain racial minorities. And while at the same time the reality is exactly the opposite, as reflected in the letter by the Department of Justice to Yale. The letter from the Department of Justice to Yale says you are giving overwhelming benefits to certain racial minorities that serves to function as discrimination against Asians and whites, and that's discrimination. So on the one hand, Princeton says, we discriminate against racial minorities, and on the other hand, the Department of Justice has demonstrated, has highlighted that, in fact, it's the opposite. But in this new, woke, leftist world of neo-Marxism, in which everything is viewed through the false eye of race, they are bowing down to the false god of having to exclaim they're racist. And now this president of Princeton, who is extremely intelligent and well-educated, has boxed himself in. It's somewhat ironic because I suspect that that phrase, boxing oneself in, comes from chess. Right? You can box your king in a position and then checkmate. And he's a chess master, apparently, as Chris has found out, mm-hmm. uh, yet he's boxed himself in. He is going to be under investigation for both civil violations and criminal law
0: violations of having lied to the federal government. What's he going to do, right. Chris? No, Rob, it's either it's either like we discussed before. If we, if we and I, you and I, had a chance to put him on the stand under cross examination, you're either lying now or you were lying then. Which one is it? <laughs> a colleague of mine used that
2: line aptly, when a colleague of mine used that line in court, (laughs) he said, you know, the other side's either lying now, or they were lying then. Can't be both, because they've said completely diametrical statements, and the judge says, either way, it ain't good. That's right, it ain't good. (laughs) You do not want to be in that position. And he's boxed himself in. No, he's got to
0: back up. He's got to back this dude up. He's broke, And the only... Go ahead. Yeah, he's broke. He's broke, Rob. Oh, he got woke, and now he's broke. Yeah. He's, drinking he, coo- he got- he's drinking the Kool-Aid. He's drinking the Kool-Aid. I'll tell you what, though. he ain't. His pocketbook ain't broke, making a million bucks a year. And you know who's going to defend him? It's not
2: coming out of his pocket. It's coming out of no. that $26 billion Princeton endowment as he's drinking his lattes, eating his Chilean sea bass. So, yeah. Well, but you know, love- let me... Let me-
0: let me make it squishy here, Rob. Does he have some academic freedom to come out here and, and make some uh, – launch off into some investigations or, or research that may be controversial? Uh, I don't think so. No. This is, this... Why not? Okay. Yeah. There's no academic freedom in being racist, right?
2: Well, here's the thing. Does he have uh, – uh, does he – well, of course, the left will call any – conservative ideology racist and claim there's no academic freedom protecting that, and that's very dangerous. But Mm -hmm. here's the difference Mm -hmm. here. He's not claiming, first of all, that he's doing any uh, sort of academic activity. He is coming out and making a claim that has to be made in order to get federal funding, typically, and he's done it since 2013, that the university is not engaging in discrimination. He made that claim for the last seven years. Now he's come out and stated that that legal claim, not that academic claim, that that legal claim that must be certified to the government before you take federal money was false. Well, it is a crime to lie to the federal government, which was true. Your statement now or your statement then. And of course, as I just uh, highlighted, when this Kind of commentary was presented to a judge. She aptly said, "She or he, I don't remember. Uh, it ain't good when you have completely <laughs> inconsistent legal statements. It ain't good." Rob,
0: so he's really in a. This guy's cabinet. Yeah, has this guy's cabinet failed him? Has his Has his colleagues around him? Have they They set him up to fail here? What What has happened here? What well, is going on? It, What's the What's the ramifications for the future of this country when we've got one of our oldest educational institutions making such a blunder? When you're you're stuck in a woke
2: educational echo chamber where everybody treats you as a false god in which you can do no wrong and you pray to the ideology of neo-Marxism and you're not grounded in reality, this is the this is the outcome. We saw it here in Arkansas, by the way. We talked about it earlier on the show. We have seen it throughout this country. This new woke leftism, this outright indoctrination uh, of students to leftism, to neo-Marxism and this uh-huh. virtual exclusion of conservative ideas and conservative individuals in Academia in higher education is why higher education has moved towards becoming re-education camp, has moved towards becoming an indoctrination center as opposed to an educational institution. And it is a tragedy and a travesty.
0: Yeah. What do you think of that? We've got to be on guard. We've got to be on guard, Rob. We've got to be on guard, right. and we have, you have to go out there and you have to educate yourself. And we can't get complacent. We need voters to turn out. We've got to go and vote and uh, get good people in office that can put an end to stuff like this.
2: Well, and there was there was a news analysis by the way. This term "news analysis" from the New York Times. Mm. It's really remarkable. This is when a reporter writes an opinion piece, but doesn't want to show up on the opinion page because historically newspapers have claimed that they keep a strict separation between the news service, and the opinion uh, service. And we used to call that a Chinese wall. Right? We used to call that a Chinese that wall. That me. We, yeah. Oh, yeah. We used to call that a Chinese wall, but we're not allowed to call that a Chinese wall because that's considered uh, discriminatory. But the fact is, there is a wall a large wall in China. That's the only reason it's called a Chinese wall. There's nothing more about it. There's nothing racist about it. China has a really big wall. We're trying to create an analogy, a metaphor to a separation. So let's refer to a really big wall. Oh, China's got one. Let's call it Chinese wall. No, you can't do that. That's racist. Wait, what? It's
0: too good. It's too good. You're in in this area. So what are you saying? What are you telling me? The New York Times has reporters that report the facts. And then they clearly label that. Then you get over here to the opinion columnist. Now, the opinion columnists are writing persuasive passages, right? They're not only reporting the facts, but they're trying to persuade you. That's not what they do with the reporters. The reporters simply report the facts and let you make a determination. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly. What- now <laughs> they've completely <laughs> blended. They've completely blended yeah. the whole thing. There's there's no distinction. And so in this opinion piece, uh, improperly cast as, quote, news analysis, end quote, Peter Uh, Baker. News
0: analysis.
2: Yeah. Yeah. uh, uh, Peter Baker is a big leftist. He he goes on uh, MSNBC uh, and espouses his leftist views all the time, even though reporters are supposed to be objective, not only in the reporting, but sort of in their presentation to the public in general. And the title of, of, of his piece is, more than ever, Trump cast himself As the defender of white America. Wait, what? Wait, what? How about (laughs) Trump cast himself as the defender of fairness and equality
0: for all? For all. For all. Yep. Right? And the leader leader of the free world. Come on, man. That's
2: right. right. (laughs) Baker says presenting himself as a warrior against identity politics. That's true, by the way. The president has increasingly made appeals to the grievances of white supporters, a centerpiece of his reelection campaign, which gives rise to this term that I talked about the other day on the show, which is white grievance. Wait a second. If I've got a complaint, one could arguably call it a grievance, although that's a bit of a pejorative relative to my complaint. But why is it a white complaint? How much is a complaint? i got a complaint. Why is my complaint a white complaint? is is oh, an asian's complaint man. an asian complaint is a black's complaint yeah. a black complaint but mine is a white complaint a white complaint just a complaint
0: uh, yeah I, I think the majority of americans are just so tired of this they're just so exhausted with this you know with uh mr clean is he a skinhead mr clean on the uh, on the mm. on the um <laughs> yeah. And the detergent the cleaning. cleaning. Yeah. Oh, you can't yeah. have that guy. I love Aunt Mama. Okay, I'm mean, gonna come out and say I love the fake syrup. All right, my wife mm-hmm. drinks the real maple syrup. I drink the Aunt Mama syrup. <laughs> I don't drink it. Of course, I, I like, like my he No, no, he drinks lard in it. <laughs> yeah, I like the pay- I like my can of pancakes floating in it. Um, exactly. People are so exhausted with this. They're so exhausted with this. Uh, Exhausted and, with the woke um, everything is woke. To yeah, me. but it's but, too much. but the, ram- the future ramifications of this are serious. They're very That's serious. right.
1: That's
0: and, right. That's um, right. Yeah, and now now this being flipped on its head. Oh, Princeton's coming out and said, "Okay, me as a white man, white university here, we're going to apologize. We've been racist for the last ten years, a hundred more of so, years, and we're going to say so they claim we still are." Wait what? Yeah. Wait what? Yeah. It's yeah. Too hard. Yeah. Well, oh, what whoa. are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. And what, this piece. And, of so what things. they what they come out. Here's what's come out through this cabinet investigation that they need to serve the underprivileged areas around them. Oh really? That's what you need to be, yeah. be doing with your 25 million you dollar that? endowment. Yeah, just. <laughs> Oh man! I,
2: I bet you they bought up a bunch of property around the school uh, from uh, poorer folks. I, I know that's happened because it happens at all of these large institutions. Oh, well, why are you exploiting them?
0: Why are you exploiting them by buying their properties? Yeah, that's what the left would say. Wow. Yeah, we got to be vigilant, Rob. Our listeners got to be vigilant out there. They got to educate yourself. You got to educate yourself and just, just, just look around. This, is this good or is it bad? Come on, this is black and white. You know, we talked about this before. Trump is a billionaire. Trump did not have to run for office. He saw where this was going in 2008 when Obama was elected. He saw it where it was going. He filed for the trademark. Me, as a patent attorney, I saw this and thought, oh, it's fake news. Let me go look it up. Did 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 he really file for a trademark in 2008 when Obama got mm-hmm. elected? For make America, great again. M-A-G-A. Trump did that in 2008. And it's remarkable. It's,
2: amazing. it's it remarkable. Is. Well, this opinion piece under the false guise of a news analysis by Peter Baker in the New York Times begins its actual text to saying, after a summer when hundreds of thousands of people took to the streets protesting racial injustice against black Americans. By the way, that was apparently okay in terms of social gathering. Uh, uh, President Trump has made it clear over the last few days that, in his view, the country's real race problem is bias against white Americans. Actually, the president has made clear that any bias is a bad bias, and there are significant race biases against whites, against Asians in higher education. We know that to be the case. And by the way, the real effect is on Asians, meaning Because there's such a large number of whites, and because there are such a relatively small number of racial minorities, uh, whites uh, per individual, or on average is another way to say it, are not dramatically negatively affected by these dramatic racial preferences uh, that are given to certain racial minorities, but those who are, are Asians. And in fact, when the uh, Harvard University was sued, it was, it came out that Harvard was making all of these racist claims about Asians, all of these racial tropes about, well, this is just another one of those Asians doing this or that, essentially. Just outright anti-Asian racism going on so that they could keep open spots for other preferred racial minorities. All right, Robert, let's
1: continue that thought into our final segment of The Dave Ellswick Show. Robert Steinbach and Chris Corbett, our resident law experts, are with us on the 6 o'clock hour of The Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be right back after this commercial break. 101.1 FM, The Answer.
2: This is the Dave Ellsworth Show. I am Robert Stomach, filling in for Dave all of this week and continuing on this coming Monday. On the line with us is Chris Corbett, local attorney in the Little Rock Conway area and professional engineer. We have been talking about the woke left and how they have infected and poisoned so much of the education system in this country, including higher education. And what I can tell you, concordant with what the department of justice has found is that <clears throat> excuse me that the these universities that take public money that take your taxpayer dollars are discriminating against asian americans dramatically so and so if you are an asian american and you get certain scores particularly if you're applying for a science technology type of Coursework, uh, you must get dramatically higher scores than other select minorities and even whites. You are discriminated against for being an Asian. And, folks, when Asians were not part of the chosen class historically in the United States. Asians suffered from dramatic discrimination. And, and moreover, a lot of Asians that go to school, they're not coming from well-off families. Oh, no way. No way. They come from working-class families quite often. So none of the woke-left justifications for discriminating against Asians pertain. They are a historically discriminated-against group. They don't come from a preferred historical group. They don't come from wealth. And they are discriminated against. But you see, for the woke-left... There's the preferred racial minority, and there's a not-preferred racial minority. And Asians to the woke left was a not-preferred racial minority. Sorry! Sorry! Get to the end of the line. That's what they're told, Chris. Isn't it remarkable?
0: It's it's amazing. It's amazing, Rob. And guess what? You know what it is? This is Trump's fault. This is all Trump's fault. That's it.
2: I know you say that mockingly because this is really the irony. We see it now with uh, Joe Biden saying, well, Trump should have uh, done more in the beginning of the pandemic. You mean when he shut down flights from China and you said he was a racist for doing that? He should have done more. You said he should do less than Now you say he should have done more. It's. It's total hypocrisy. It's a downright lie. Of course, Biden says what is ever convenient at the moment, including when he used to make up his history of his own personal life. He said, "I graduated top of his class." He graduated bottom of his class. He 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 borrowed <laughs> speeches from an English politician describing the English politician's background, having nothing to do with Biden's background. He said, "I was the first to go to college in my family." No. The English politicians, a politician was the first to go to college in his family. You know that you were not the first to go to college in your family, yet you were just reading off this script. Did you know, by the way, we've talked about his partial dementia? Did you know that he's had two aneurysms, his which you know brain bleeds in his life? I never knew that until recently. No
0: no yes. i didn't know that yes rob that you know i mean i'm I'm, I'm you know i know uh, that's, that's awful you know it, it, it is uh, awful he's had these things he needs to not be doing stressful things he needs to be relaxing but um you know you can just clearly look at his record for the last 40 years what has he done for america in the last 40 years name one name one thing the 94 crime bill that put a majority of a uh, Uh, hundreds of thousands of minorities in jail, what what has he done, right? Well, that's what what is so remarkable, uh, whether uh, the the
2: left can't stand that 94 crime bill, and Biden was one of its biggest advocates, and Trump was the one who just passed criminal justice reform. So, hey, uh, 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 Biden
0: was in office
2: then. He had a choice to vote for it or against it. Or against it, rather. And the left is very much against those who voted for it. Why ain't they against Biden? Explain that to me. How can you support the guy? Now, look, if you say, okay, the 94 crime bill was okay, then you can support Biden. But the woke left doesn't support the 94 crime bill. So how are they being consistent in their position? Now, you might say, well, I think Trump is worse. Okay, well then, be honest about it. Say I think Joe Biden is a lesser evil. Make that claim, but they're not making that claim. They're making claims yeah. to the opposite. They're just being untruthful. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, it's 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 wild. It's wild, Rob. And listen and they, and think for a moment when um, you know Biden was vice president when they had these leftist Democrat prosecutors at the DOJ under Obama when they. Falsely and wrongly convicted U.S. Senator Ted Stevens out of Alaska. They let this stuff go on. They let these um, um, injustices go on and did nothing about it. Um, it's really I'm talking about moral really misconduct. Yeah. Yeah. And,
2: yeah, it's um, really remarkable. Just the parade of horribles that have gone on, gone on under the direction of Joe Biden. But the left is unwilling to admit it. You know, we're going to be ending in less than a minute, Chris. And I just want to thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, we've had a wonderful discussion. Uh, we're going to be picking up our discussion uh, come Monday on the Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM. The answer. Uh, and, uh, of course, remember to listen to us both both in the morning and in the evening. And thank you, Dave, for allowing me to guest host. And have a great day, uh, remainder of the day, to everybody that's listening. Thank you.